On this week's episode, Scott, Boris, and I realized that we've accidentally gone 70 episodes without telling the story about how we were detained by customs. And I was like, Nothing oh, that's my brother's girlfriend's that. husband. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, and they're like, you guys are being detained yeah, for hours. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. took us in. Ryan Eccles shares his life priorities. Uh, first, I'll be, oh my God, I'm going to lose my <laughs> CFI certificate. <laughs> I thought you was going to say student. <laughs> or the, that'd be my next thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Number two concern. I'm a selfish person, so my next thought <laughs> yeah. would be, oh no, <laughs> I've also lost my student. <laughs> and then the airplane. <laughs> so what am I going to teach in tomorrow? And our good friend Eamon joins us to describe why he stopped flying. Last flight was 2008. The legendary flight instructor, Lee Griffin. Lee was your last instructor? Yep. And then I quit for some reason. Welcome to this week's episode of the Faring Podcast. Today we have doubled up on our Northern Ohio aviation flight legend guests for... uh, for this, Lee is gone as usual. Send him hate mail, please. He's out of he's just pure laziness. Yeah. Dead beat. We have we have Echel on. Uh it's, episodes seem to hold on without Lee's knowledge as long as Echel or Cochran are on. So <laughs> we gotta um, have somebody that knows what they're talking that, Scott? about. Yeah. We gotta have Scott somebody. and I've tried to do episodes <laughs> without Lee, just he and I, and it just doesn't work. We did one. Uh, I think we got pretty good uh, ratings though for it, didn't we? We got quite a few listeners. Yeah, that was the that was the title of it. I oh okay <laughs> was attracting people. Total clickbait. Like the lowest retention rate of any episode we ever did. <laughs> people lasted like five minutes, and they're like, "I'm not listening to this anymore." <laughs> These two have no idea. That'll what do. Talking about. <laughs> nope, we don't have a clue. So today we are talking about, because Eamon has soloed, so you are in the club, Eamon. Anyone yes. who has ever ever soloed an aircraft, I consider in the club and welcome on the program. You're not yet, you never did finish up and got your private, right? Nope, was not finished. Last flight was, looks like, the 6th of November, 2008. So wow. it's, been, it's been a few God, years. It's been a while. The legendary flight instructor, Lee Griffin. Yes. So Lee was your Lee was your last instructor. Yep. And then I quit for some reason. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's kind of Lee was your instructor. Yeah. Yeah. Was it? No, certainly wasn't because of Lee. It was for for other reasons, mostly financial at the time. But Lee Lee just happened to be uh, alongside. So because before that, it was James Gallagher, wasn't it? Yeah. I could tell you some stories there, but we should have Gallagher on sometime. Check the innocent. I would love to have Gallagher on. Yeah. Or uh, Eckel, you remember Gallagher? I don't. James Gallagher? No, I, I not off the top. He of might my head. have been gone by the time Eckel started, started working there. Sandusky. Yeah. Oh man, good times. <laughs> uh, so yes, Scott Boris, we will start with you. You've flown the most consistently since you started flying uh, out of the four of us. So what's the longest Probably. period you've ever gone without flying? I don't know. Maybe like eight months. Okay. There, I mean, there might, there might have been the time. There was a time when the plane needed some work and like I didn't know how to do it and I didn't really have time to do it. And it, Maybe I went a year. I don't know. It, you certainly didn't want to pay someone to do it. No, no. <laughs> yeah. I think there was probably a year where I went without flying due to aircraft 
maintenance issues that I just didn't ever get around to fixing. And then that's how I, I got in the situation I am now because guy out here that wanted to borrow it. And I'm like, well, <laughs> if you fix it, you can borrow it all you want. And then he fixed it. And that's how I got back into flying again. But that was before that, that was probably the longest I went. Yeah. And what, so once, once the plane was fixed, what was your, how did you get back into it after that? Well, then I had to wait even longer because I didn't really want to just go fly because it'd been like a year. I don't know. I just, I would do it, but it just makes me uncomfortable. So I got, then I had to wait longer because my flight instructor's pretty sketchy. You know, he doesn't like to show up. So, is this the same one that uh, Eamon did his last flight lesson? Yeah, with? and he's supposed to be on the show, but once like see see what I'm saying? Like the listeners get it because he's not. I mean, <laughs> he's not a even pattern here. here, right? Yeah, there's oh. a little bit of a, little bit of a pattern. You he know? didn't get clearance to land, did he? No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. So I, I actually went with an instructor before I flew again, just because. Okay. It, you know, I don't know. It just makes me a little uncomfortable. You, so you it's, went up with Lee? Yeah. Did it end up being Lee? Yeah. And okay. I think actually I needed a flight review, so I really couldn't fly by myself anyway. I probably would have flown by myself. You know, I just prefer not to. Yeah. And what, I couldn't because um, I need a flight review. Yeah. What uh, What did you think was easier and what did you think was more difficult about that for the first time hopping back in the saddle? mm I mean, flying the plane itself was like, I don't know, like riding a bike. Like, I don't know. I didn't really forget how to like control the aircraft. Like that, that part's easy. But anything to do with like going into like a controlled field or something, because I didn't do much of that anyway. So that's all gone. Like, you know, I, I would not have jumped in the plane and like flown, it, flown into Cleveland or something, you know. Yeah, because you, you did that the drop of a hat back in the day. Oh, yeah. Fly, yeah. Just used pop to fly over to Cleveland Hopkins. Well, not not Hopkins, but I used to fly over to Burke. Oh, okay, I got I used Burke. To fly I to Burke right. all the time. Yeah, I'm sorry, I should have said Burke, not Cleveland. But you know, uh, yeah, I'm thinking Hopkins whenever. Yeah, I hear Cleveland. Yeah, I forget about Burke. Great little airport. Yeah, Amy, did you ever get into the radio stuff or control tower landing stuff, or was that? I flew into control fields a few times. I think the first one, I think, probably was Toledo. Okay. And then after that, I remember getting shouted at at Ohio State. <laughs> they got a little bit upset. Yeah. Uh, because I guess my radio terminology wasn't um, the best. And occasionally I'd just revert to plain English. Right. That's what yeah. I would do. That's That was my move yeah. all the time. Like, I'm just going to well, start think, talking. I think that's the right thing to do. Uh, be yeah. concise where you can. But for whatever yeah. reason, you're not being understood. Plain yeah. English is your natural fallback. Yep. But they did not enjoy that at Ohio State. <laughs> no, at least not with my accent. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Rule number one is just just always tell them you're a student pilot. Good point. That's it's what a I safe do. Safe bet. Then they just slow down and right. Have a little and more then patience, if you say something stupid, they're like, "Okay, he's just a student. Like, whatever. he's still learning. Yeah, yeah. She's but if like you're flying in and they're expecting like that you're an experienced pilot." And then you don't know something or you do something stupid, then they just get irritated. So why well, I, I would imagine they get irritated. I don't know. You all, you've always told me you're a student. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, not you not always. There was tell them I'm a student. Yeah. <laughs> so I can get away with anything. Right. <laughs> there, there was a brief period of time where I stopped telling them I was a student because I was pretty comfortable with going into controlled fields. But 
If I were to do it now, I would definitely tell them I'm a student. You're always a student. That's what I always say. You know, you're not lying. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Pilots coming into the learning. coming into Hopkins in the Hawker. I'm like student pilot <laughs> student on a pilot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> inbound on the ILS two yeah. four right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, there's some situations where the student remark might not fly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Eckel, you how long did you go? Mm, the long the longest I have gone without flying was four years. So, but then I took a two year break. Before that, too. So, I mean, and I only flew for a little bit. I went to another training school after I'd got my commercial multi um, to work on the the crop dusting side. And so, so I took two years off once I got out of flight school, went to that school for a little bit, got through that, and then didn't fly again for another four years until I got <laughs> picked up by the crop dusting company. So, in all, almost, I mean, you could say almost six years because I didn't really, I barely counted that, you know, I'd only flown at that other place for probably a dozen hours or so that's the longest i've gone is, is five or six years i think too yeah and what what do you experience as far as when you got back into it what was easier than you thought it would be and what was harder than you thought it would be uh kind of like scott said um similar things like i still knew how to fly these so i'll take the the long break the the, the four years that i went so i got hired by a crop dusting company and we were based out of uh page field down in fort myers so yeah, the airplane still handled fine, but I had to dive right into one of the, you know, Florida's busier airports. It's a, you know, a class Delta inside of a class Charlie. Uh, so a lot of radio stuff that I just really struggled with in the beginning, but the controls are super friendly down there. And, you know, I started to get the hang of it and I had to do obviously a flight review. Um, I had to do some insurance work with an instructor down there as well um, to be checked out in the airplanes that we were flying. So that was really helpful to um, kind of just get the the raw flying skills back. But I definitely struggled with the radio work for the first couple months I was back. And even like certain types of landings. I remember my boss took me down the one day we flew Fort Myers down to Marathon and they had a pretty good crosswind down there. And he's like, all right, well, let's just do takeoffs and landings. And we did, I think like 20 takeoffs and landings just to knock the rust off, so to speak. And that was really helpful too. And that was like after all the insurance training, because the insurance stuff, like it wasn't, we didn't really, you know, get the chance to do a lot of crosswind stuff. We just kind of went and flew around and went through the motions and went in and out of some different uh, Southern Florida airports. Yeah. When I took a hiatus, the hardest part getting back into it for me was after the hiatus, I was like renting planes Mm -hmm. versus before that I had always just owned the 150. And so I was never comfortable in rental planes anyway. Like, it's not just make and model. Like, if it was a Buddy's 172 or 182 that I'd, like, borrow, I'd be much more comfortable in that because it's a private plane versus, like, just going through the motions of renting and, mm-hmm. uh, like, the paperwork and trying to schedule always feel hassle to me. And then also the all the pre-flight stuff, all of the radio communications, all of the gathering the weather information, all of that stuff was very difficult for me getting back into it. Uh, whereas once I was in the plane, I was shocked at like, cause when I got back into it after my longest hiatus, it was a pretty stiff crosswind at, um, Foxtrot 45 down here in, uh, mm-hmm. in Florida. And I was amazed at how comfortable I was. Like I was really uncomfortable with it until I was on the final approach. And I'm like, every, th- the muscle memory just kicked right back in 
and I just grease the landing. That's oh, how I am. Yeah, that's that's exactly yeah. how so, I am. Like, I'm always uncomfortable until final approach, and then it's like, okay, this is easy. Like, anytime I take a break from flying, like I haven't flown in like four months, I'll probably be nervous until I'm on final, and then I'll be like, okay, this is nothing. just comes back to you. Yeah, yeah, it's just the the stick and rudder. I I was just amazed at how it it came back pretty fast. Um, and that's when I'm flying like a Cessna, like a 150 or a 172 or a 182. Those all fly fairly. I mean, the 182 is a bit heavier, but um, but yeah, that I can just I don't know. I, I get in that zone, and it just it comes right back to me. Whereas it's like the radio calls and like like the pre the walk around the pre flight walk around, especially if I have a checkmate checklist. It just like <laughs> it just takes so long. Yeah, those aren't the best for for walk like doing your walk around. Yeah, what am I supposed to be checking? How do I check that again? And like, mm-hmm. I'll be, I'll, I'll go past something, and then I'll think of it another airplane. I'm like, oh, I'll go back, go back and do it. And it's, it's just a giant, unsmooth operation. Yeah, something too up in the plane flying. Even as simple as like starting the airplane, I remember that was kind of difficult. Like whether you're in a carbureted versus fuel injected, like the procedure for startup. Uh, now you know, I just kind of hop in, and I know what kind of airplane I'm in. You know. And it just, it's like getting in the car, you know, but that's because I'm so much like consistently flying, but I know if yeah. I took a break from it for a while, I'd be like, wait, does it start this way? Do I, uh, <laughs> like if my fuel pump on or not, or how do I prime this again? So, yeah. Eamon, what, um, you never jumped back into it cause you're still on your hiatus. I am. Yeah. Currently on my hiatus and uh, still seeing how uh, long you can keep the 13, streak going for 13 years now. <laughs> Well, not far off. Yeah, it'll be 13 years when we get to November. So that's probably a pretty long streak by the standards we've just been talking about. And for me to get back into it, yeah, I think initially it'd be a a pretty daunting prospect. I guess add to the fact that my local airfield has disappeared in that time as well and become a sports center. Yeah, very true. I guess that'd be Port Clinton would be the nearest one. Yeah. yeah, or uh, behind here, eighty-eight Delta. Delta. Yeah, eighty-eight Delta. Yeah. The um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch it to you, Aim, and then I'll I'll go to Echo because he's actively kind of instructing right now. What would be your biggest concern if you were gonna get back into it now? What What would be like the top most worrisome one or two things that you'd be concerned about about trying to then get back into the cockpit and and continue on? Well, if we take aside um, the amount of time that I'd need to devote to it, and you know, I sometimes struggle to find the time for my own hobbies during the week, adding something like this in. If you're looking at it from like a you know purely a, a trainee point of view, you've discussed the walk around is is one thing. If you put me back in the the same aircraft, uh, it was a PA twenty eight dash one six one, just refamiliarization with with everything. To be honest with you. You spoke about just the startup procedure. I think the characteristics of how the aircraft handled, if it was the same airframe, I think that would come back and feel pretty reasonable soon. But I remember looking at uh, one or two of my old pictures and just looking at the sheer numbers of gauges, dials, controls, and just how much had disappeared in that decade or so. And uh, I'm looking down on one or two of these, these screenshots and thinking, Yep, there's quite a bit that's just completely vanished. I don't know what that does. I don't know when I'd be flipping that switch. Um, and, and I'd certainly, 
you know, want a qualified flight instructor to bring me back up again, you know, and coach me through it. And, and I know for sure that it would take me quite a while to get back to grips and feel comfortable again. Because I think that's a difference, too, between like Ryan and I. We had multiple, like we had commercial ratings, hundreds and hundreds of hours under our belt right. before we took our break, where you you were just kind of getting into still figuring out how it works and then yeah. took the time off, which I think would be, could, could add some extra challenges with, um, with being able to hop back in. Yeah, definitely so. And that's taking the radio side of it out as well. Um, you know, I never was the most concise radio operator when it came to that. Some yeah. people struggled, you know, with the accent, but but even taking that out of it, you know, the, the concise lingo that, that pilots typically use, um, I, I struggled with to begin with. I remember buying a book on it. Uh, I never got all the way through the book, but it certainly was pretty reasonable when it came to teaching you. I picked up a little bit from it, but yeah, I think... Aside from from that, um, I wasn't doing too bad. You know, when it came to landings, I had done too many night landings. Um, those were pretty limited, I think, as a student. I think James Gallagher was um, the man there. I don't think I did a night landing with Lee Griffith. Yeah, but, you uh, did your first night landing without authorization, didn't you? Uh, I I think um, my flight instructor was he, he was very relieved. To see me when I eventually landed, um, I think made, his, a, made a little stop. His dog and... was happy to see me. Yeah, but he was he was a little less so. But he he got over it. Bless him. Because yeah, you were on a solo cross country, and then s- some stuff happened. We won't get it. We'll get in the story at some other time. But you ended up not being able to land until night, and you had never landed at night before. So that was your first time at night with solo, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a, a, a delayed cross-country distracted. I think I would call it. Yeah. it. It can be, yeah. And that's one of the challenges we sometimes face as a pilot, the sheer number of distractions. <laughs> so, so before we go, because I got the question for Ryan about how to, uh, what he's seen bringing students who've taken time off and what he sees from the instructor side, what was that like? coming in for a landing for the first time at night do you remember roughly how many hours you had like logged by then uh, I had a number of hours logged I'd have to flip through the this thing again yeah but, you, know, you don't have to get the exact one but just like what, what was that like basically teaching yourself how to do a night landing for the first time by yourself <laughs> it, it was intriguing because I mean I'd, I'd sat in and done a a night landing. I I can't remember. It might have been Mansfield one with Gallagher before, and this time around, I remember it was coming up two fifty, and it it was pretty much completely dark at that point in time. I remember looking out northwards, uh, looking for for Griffin, Tanuki Griffin, and it was quite a sense of relief to see the the flashing white and green. Just to have a, a semi-reasonable idea where you are. My other navigation waypoint was Blockbuster Video on 250, which obviously isn't there no more. Um, Rest in peace. I've never, I don't think I've ever been as relieved to see a Blockbuster Video um, <laughs> that I recognized. Because that's how you realized you were in Sandusky finally, right? Is a Blockbuster? So, well, I thought if I can get as far as Blockbuster, in theory, Sandusky Griffin shouldn't be too far away. Right. So... 
<laughs> I, I, yeah, it was it was good to see it, and I, I remembered, you know, from the training there that I can't remember how many clicks it was on the intercom would would trigger the um, the lights on the field. Nobody uh, ever remembers. You're, you're fine. <laughs> I always tell my students, you just click until you like the way they just look. Keep yeah. <laughs> well, it was uh, it was a pretty good feeling when they lit up, um, and then it's like, oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I remember like. A little bit of what James has said on approach when we've done the previous landing, but uh, it, it was an, it was a different experience at, at night. And thankfully, weather conditions were quite reasonable, you know, at the time. Uh, nary a trace of crosswind or anything like that. Uh, and I remember came in a little bit fast. I think uh, I remember quite a number of bugs splattering on the the windshields uh, on the yeah. way down. Lake Erie yeah. at night, you're gonna catch yeah. a lot of bugs. Yeah, and- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It wasn't certainly not from my um, memory the greatest landing, but it was it was certainly in in one piece. Um, <laughs> but coming come down the runway, I I thought I I really wish we had you know washer jets and, and uh, windshield wipers because it, it it was pretty splattered. <laughs> I feel like we need to uh, we need to ask him why he was late. I feel like that's important. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I yeah I stopped off. I I think it was. I think it was Findlay. I was a bit thirsty at the time. And if I remember by filing the flight plan, I think Findlay was like a, a navigation point. But as I was just, um, I, it wasn't even a touch and go there. I was just, just using it as a waypoint. And I was just over the top of the airfield. If I remember, it was an unmanned field. But mm-hmm. there, there appeared to be... Uh, a coke machine down there of some description <laughs> so i decided it might not be unreasonable to to stop off and just um help myself to one <laughs> so i proceeded to land in in a reasonable manner uh conditions were good um daylight <laughs> yeah. and uh, there were a couple of people there um at the airport and they saw me arrive taxi and uh shut down and I just got off, and, and then we just started having a chat. So <laughs> I told them I'd flown in from the United Kingdom. <laughs> uh, I was new in Finlay. <laughs> and Made so my I, first because, Atlantic crossing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a PA twenty eight dash one six one with no refuelings. Yeah, yeah we were. <laughs> we were Hell certainly high for my limit. <laughs> So yeah, uh, conversation went on a while. Uh, the ironic thing is that the the pot machine was out of order, so I never actually did get a drink out of it. No. And uh, I guess I think I noticed the sun was going down quicker than I expected. <laughs> and I guess, like you said, as a, a a student pilot, then I guess you're not supposed to be wandering around, you know, after dark up there. So I decided to to make make a bit of haste. Back to where I belonged, and uh, did not make it back in time. Did not make it back in time, and I I also remember um, cruising at, at a higher rate of knots, uh, and also the the phone vibrating on the seat next to me because the <laughs> the flight plan had been filed, and they were tentatively getting excited as to to where I was, or was I back, or when I was going to get back, and. Can they close it? And I said, well, not not quite yet. Not quite yet. We're nearly there. But it was the most beautiful sunset somewhere over Norwalk, I think. Um, 
but it was pretty loud there. I remember I had the Bose, uh, the aviation headset on of that generation. And when I answered the phone, um, you know, you just take the headset off and with the, with the cancellation, it just, it was all of a sudden incredibly loud in the cockpit again. Uh, oh, you're yeah, yeah. Make, you're just trying to yeah. make out what they're saying on the phone, and it, it, it was a struggle. But we, we managed <laughs> yeah. to get to communicate. I think I, I might have mentioned I was close to home than I was at the time because I just didn't want them getting too feisty about things. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right there. I'm so close. Yeah, I was like <laughs> trying to throttle up a little bit more. <laughs> I'm on my way. Yeah, fuel economy was not a priority at that point. <laughs> Just redlining the engine the yeah, whole way. It was back. A, it was a rental plane anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, nothing parties like a rental. <laughs> it was certainly a very memorable experience. I'm uh, sure that's for sure. <laughs> I'm sure it was memorable for uh, Mr. Gallagher CFI as well. <laughs> it was, yeah. I, I he was pacing around more than his dog at the time, I think. Um, <laughs> But his, his, his dog was pretty happy to see me. And that kind of took the edge off things, you know, when we uh, finished taxiing and we just pushed the plane back into the hangar. And he, I think he said something along the lines of, you know, you do realize that students are not supposed to be airborne at night, much less landing at night on a company. <laughs> and I said, well, that, that must have just slipped my mind. <laughs> but thankfully, all's well that ends well. Yes, and statute yeah. limitations apply, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's been over 10 years he's in the clear as we met as we mentioned anything any aviation story has hit the statute of limitations with Eamon's current hiatus echo what before we go to my next question for you mm-hmm. walk walks the three of us through what could possibly like been going through gallagher's mind as Eamon cfi during this <laughs> Like if you had a student just not like landed at an airport mm-hmm. that you did not approve, take back off. It's nighttime and they're coming back in for their first night landing at, at Port Clinton by themselves right now. What are you, Ryan Eccle CFI, thinking and doing and reacting just to maybe encourage some people not to follow in Eamon's footsteps? Well, first I would be, oh my God, I'm going to lose my <laughs> CFI certificate. <laughs> I thought he was going to say student then. Or the, that'd be my next thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Number self, two concern. I'm a selfish person, so my next thought <laughs> yeah. would be, oh no, <laughs> I also lost my student. <laughs> and then the airplane. <laughs> so what am I going to teach in tomorrow? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh gosh, I'd be pacing for sure. Um yeah, that would be just a terrifying thought. I had one of my students uh, a few years back. She got caught in a snow squall, uh, actually down, <laughs> funny you say it, uh, down by Finley. Um, so she did land at Finley, and it, that was part of her uh, cross country anyway. Uh, but yeah, she just kind of had to hold tight, and we stayed in contact the whole time. You know, Now with uh, phones as, as good as they work, we can text and talk and, you know, Usually I just have a student text me before they leave the next place um, and I can watch them. And with ADSB now too is really nice. I can just watch them the whole time and see where they're at on FlightAware, which is super helpful. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely would have been uh, shaken. I, I'd had the nerves, especially coming back at night. Like <laughs> I know professional pilots that hate landing at night, <laughs> let alone a student pilot. So. <laughs> 
And Sandusky had some challenges to come back. Oh, that yeah. Was a- I mean, you had trees to clear, uh, shorter runways. And, the yeah. bay. You have there's water. Some optical, yeah. There's some optical illusions with coming in. Yeah, coming over the water at night. Do you remember which direction you landed at that night, Eamon? I was landing westwards that night. Toward towards the west. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you were coming over the, the bay. The bay. Over, over the bay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Wow. So then that it, can yeah, be you're a huge illusion. At, yeah. There's some optical illusions that can take effect when you've got basically runway lights going straight into that black bay, and then the Cedar Point Chasse isn't much light yep. before Lake Erie starts. Yeah. Man. Yeah. You yeah, talk about like technologies, really, that would have been interesting to have back then and you mentioned adsb which i guess mm-hmm. you know from an instructor's point of view might have like set your your nerves uh, a little lower um, i'd have been curious if i had a fitbit on my wrist you know just exactly <laughs> what right. it would attract in terms of yeah. uh, bpm so <laughs> yeah. probably, check check your heart rate when you get back <laughs> yeah you know? it was it was probably pretty high that evening i would have thought yeah <laughs> oh man so <laughs> Going beyond this, back to our original discussion, what um, what have you seen with people? Because you've had some students that have gotten kind of come to you to say, "Hey, you know, they're already pilots, but they've taken. I uh, haven't flown in a long time. Yeah, what's what's the kind of Ryan Eckel, you know, assessment and yeah. what kind of how do you handle all that and how, how do you see people react? I've had existing pilots and and student pilots come to me. Um, one of which was a student pilot who came to me about a year ago and he, uh, he started his flying back in the, uh, 1980s and his last flight was actually before I was even born. <laughs> so <laughs> he had taken off, you know, like 30 years, basically. You know, I was born in 88 and he, his last flight was like an 85. So I was like, Oh, this is <laughs> like, you know, kind of what we said, like the, the the actual like raw flying once you're in the air kind of comes back to you, but it was kind of like reteaching him, like re-soloing him. It, we kind of had to start from scratch, even though we had, you know, probably 40, 50 hours already logged. It it didn't really matter. We kind of had to start fresh and reteach, but it wasn't my hardest student, but definitely wasn't my easiest student either. I mean, it, it took some time. It took some patience. And then, yeah, too. So, yeah, I'll have guys come in um, that already have their pilot's license, they want to do a flight review. And I, of course, one of the first questions I ask is, you know, what's your uh, recent flight ex- um, experience? And some of them will be like, oh, I haven't flown since, you know, 1997. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, okay. So we're probably not going to do just a flight review today. Like, we'll, we're probably going to need, like, I break it down for people. I won't BS them. I just want to say up front, like, I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to waste your money. But if you're expecting to come out of here with a flight review today, after not flying since 1997, it's an unrealistic goal. It's probably not going to be met. So we're going to fly. We'll do the profile of what I would give for a flight review, and we'll make our assessment from there. We might have to do another you know, few flights. And most people are okay with that. I've had only one person give me some negative feedback as far as, well, you, you need to sign me off. This is my flight review. I don't have to do anything. This isn't a pass or fail for a flight review, but I'm not comfortable with signing somebody off if I don't think they're, you know, going to be that safe in the air. And all his air work was fine, but some of his takeoffs and landings, I had to, you know, take over control of the airplane. And I'm definitely not writing anybody off. For oh, that. yeah, that's a huge um, red flag. Exactly. So, I mean, that's 
that could be my certificate on the line as well. Like I said, I'm a selfish person when it comes to certain things. And, uh, you know, if he were to get into an accident and hurt himself or somebody else, I'd feel, you know, absolutely awful when it, you know, it comes down and they're like, well, who signed him off on his last flight review? I mean, the FAA is going to pick every little thing apart. And, you know, just because an accident happens, they're going to look back for, you know, years and years of what could have led to this. How can we prevent this in the future? Um, and so my prevention for that kind of stuff is to say, Hey, we're going to fly a little bit and I'm going to sign you off when I, when you're comfortable and I'm comfortable. So I think yeah, that's quite reasonable. Is that right? You know, and whether I had to get back into it again, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect any kind of a flight review or so. Right. Yeah. You, you wouldn't expect me to be like, Oh yeah, we'll, we'll again. fly it today yeah. and you can solo tomorrow because <laughs> you've already soloed. <laughs> no, so, I yeah, think it would take quite a bit of tuition yeah. to get back into it properly. Ab- absolutely. And like I said, the majority of people have been nothing but great with, with my approach on that. I've only had one that was just like, well, I, I, I'm going to have to find somebody else. And I was like, that's, that's totally okay. You can do whatever you want, but, uh, I don't think any other instructor is going to be comfortable with signing you off for a little bit either. Like it just, you know, work on your skills and we'll get there. I'm not going to, like, like I said, I, I won't waste people's time and money um, because I know how expensive this this can be as a hobby. You know, I'm fortunate enough to get paid for it, but a lot of people use aviation as a hobby and it is, it is not a cheap one. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not looking to build time either. You know, there's a lot of instructors out there that are, kind of more so they don't care how much it costs for the the customer and the customer might not care either, but they just want to build those hours and I I don't need that. So. Yeah. You're in a good position as an instructor where you're not trying to time build. Exactly. No, I do it strictly for fun. already flying a jet. Yeah. So no, for me, instructing is just kind of self-satisfaction, a little bit of extra fun money and, I just, I enjoy doing it. it. It's fun to teach people how to fly. I mean, I'm really passionate for aviation and it's, it's, a, it's pretty fun to share that with other people. I'm not a big yeah. nerd about it, but <laughs> sometimes I can get a little nerdy with it, but I just like flying. I always tell people, I'm like, I'm looking for any excuse to go fly. So, so just one other topic there in being a wafer. Okay. I'm just going to say a decade. <laughs> what is in a decade? How much does the cost of tuition and fuel, et cetera, risen? Honestly, I'm the, thinking that, yeah, Sandusky Griffin, I remember something like $140 at least. Uh, yeah, the rates have not have not gone up that significant yeah. in the last 10 years. I'd say, I think right now, our instruction rate is around 160 so maybe 20 an hour. Okay. It's fuel. not terrible. I fuel think is probably not less less than considering the time. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, fuel's probably a little... I know last summer for sure was Avgas and uh, jet fuel was dirt cheap. Yeah. Compared to some of the more recent years. I remember, yeah, because like you said, your last flight was 2008. I was still in flight training, and that was probably the highest cost of flight training <laughs> that there ever was. I'm still paying for it, by the way. <laughs> like, I went to a four year school. So, I mean, I have the degree and everything too, but no, it's, I've, I graduated 11 years ago in 2010, and I've, I'm still paying for it. So. <laughs> I think we discussed that on another episode. Yeah. It's not a cheap endeavor, but it's it's worth it. And like I said, no, I, I don't think the rates, I think they've pretty much stayed pretty close to the same. I, some places might have even come down or gone up just a little bit, but no, it's it's not too much more than it was back then. So this is a random question. Is it still the same plane Eamon was flying that you're instructing in now? Or did they swap that out? Oh, they did swap that out. Yeah. 
Yeah, we okay. have uh, we teach out of a, a warrior, so a PA twenty eight dash one forty, and then we use an archer as well, so a PA twenty eight dash one eighty one. And you were in okay. a one sixty one, you said, Amen. Yeah, it was one sixty one. I remember aircraft identification four three eight Sierra. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that uh, that tail number was still there when I had started working, but yeah, they got they've since gotten rid of that one and they took on a Cherokee. It's kind of a it's a it's a good training airplane. It's real basic bare bones, but it, uh, honestly, it's a little bit harder to fly than an Archer, the Warrior. It's just it's got those shorter uh stubby wings, so it's a little bit uh more unstable coming into okay. land, but it it's still good good training airplane. I think the Archer is great. That's my favorite thing, favorite airplane to teach in one of the just most stable airplanes to fly to. I learned in a 172 because, you know, people always ask me, what do you like better? I, you know, I, I'm kind of 50, 50, each plane has their pros. Each plane has their cons. So yeah, I just, I just don't have the time in the, the Piper compared to Cessna. Yeah. So I think and that's, that's kind of, but you know, before I started flying professionally, I was, most of my time was in Cessna. It's hard to substitute time in like a Cessna versus a Piper mm-hmm. because you got, there's those nuances that one's maybe not better than the other, but if you got a ton of time in, you know, high wing and then you go low wing Piper or vice versa, right? it's just, you're not as comfortable. So it's not as going to be enjoyable where if you have equal amount in each, then you can kind of, you're probably in a better position to actually make judgment calls on that. Oh yeah, absolutely. If if you would have asked me, you know, six years ago, six seven years ago, what airplane I preferred, I'd I'd say Cessna all day. Now I could just say eh, either one. I don't care. I always just <laughs> felt like the the Pipers, the low wings, handled a crosswind a little better. I don't know. I I, I agree with that too. Like, uh, that's why I my, always felt like because I went back and forth for a while because I was flying for fun myself with the one fifty. It's obviously high wing, and then. When I was working on instrument stuff, I was flying uh, low wing. I was flying Archer. And just like the difference of what I was comfortable flying in, like wind wise, like if I'm flying the Archer, like I really didn't pay attention to the wind that much because it didn't really matter. Like I knew, you know, unless it was obviously, unless it was like really windy, you know, but as we're, I, well, the 150 is a lighter plane, so it's not really a fair comparison, but it did seem a lot easier to fly the. Uh, no, I, I agree. It's very stable. I mean, yeah. yeah. High wings can be difficult in crosswind. Even on our island operation, there's days where I'm like, oh, I'm glad I'm in this <laughs> low yeah. wing Saratoga yeah. or Archer and not the Islander. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm in the I'm in the easy plane today. <laughs> How often do you fly in islands now? Um, this time of year is not much. Maybe once every couple weeks maybe once a week this past winter got pretty busy you know they they just kind of try to bring me in when they are booked up charter wise so you know some of their island pilots will have to go out and fly charters and king airs so the, uh, there was a day this past winter where i worked like five days in a row <laughs> over there <laughs> so it was it was typically at least once maybe twice sometimes three times a week but i, I do there was a solid week where i worked every day over there, I mean, there. I think the month of February, I worked more for my part-time job than I did my full. Which my full-time job is, it's hardly a full-time job. My I average, I think, ten days a month at the full-time gig. So 
it's not a yeah, whole Lee lot worked of work. like what three days yeah month? what did he say on the <laughs> last time we talked i think he he worked like <laughs> three or four days last month <laughs> yeah no it's a it's a good company to fly for because and both companies but the uh yeah mine and lee's full-time job is far from a full-time uh schedule <laughs> yeah Eamon, you ever fly a high wing the cessna at all I no, I never piloted one. I was up with Scotty. We went up at least, I think, once. Yeah. I think you had a Cessna, didn't you, back then? Yep. Yeah, I've always yep. had the same plane. Still now. He's still got the same one. So we did we yep. did make no, it I, up. We did make it off the ground once then. <laughs> we did. We did. I was impressed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought so, but I, I couldn't. I was thinking remember. myself, you know, um as as a perspective of getting back into it again. Um, I can only really go on my own absence of, you know, 12 years or so is technology changes as well. You know, yeah. and, and I've got a, not, not in my plane. Well, an old copy, <laughs> an old copy here. Okay. And remember the yeah. VHF omnidirectional range beacons and you know, what might've changed in like, you know, 12, 13, 14 years, what technologies would you be expected to, to know or not know uh, what has been dropped, what, what's come just, back into it, and, you know, what oh, things yeah. have changed. Just download Fortnite on your phone. That's all you need. That's yeah. the I know it's <laughs> huge change. Like, just because yeah. I don't call WX Brief anymore. Like A lot of I, people I don't. I currently haven't flown in years because uh, I've run a podcast now, <laughs> and it takes up all of my time and money. But, uh, yeah, when I was back into it for a little bit after taking a long break, I noticed, yeah, Four Flight has changed the game. It's and insane. What's the, the Garmin one, I was playing around with that one a little bit, too. What's the Garmin one? Uh, I, don't I think know. it's just like Garmin Pilot or so- something like that. Something yeah. like that, yeah. Is I mean, the first time I got Four Flight was in 2015 or 16. I'm like, what is this? Because, you yeah. know, I had taken, you know... F- four or five years off and i'm like this is insane this is so great yeah. <laughs> like, i never yeah. have to plan like, anything that's all i was too like i haven't i hadn't really flown in a while and i was mm-hmm. looking up aviation apps on my phone and i'm like oh, i'm gonna check this out and it was like oh my god this is like everything i've ever wanted <laughs> right here on my phone <laughs> yeah no it's well worth the subscription it's it's just wild how how much it's changed in such short time yeah. and then too you know like you said um there's VORs are disappearing daily. Uh, we lost one of them out here in Northwest Ohio. It used to be the, the Waterville VOR and where I did all my flight training at Bowling Green, Ohio. You know, that was, that was our VOR. That's, we always use that one. And then obviously the Sandusky VOR too. Sandusky one. Yeah. Is that was always convenient those are gone. for us because Sandusky and here oh, are yes. so close to each other. Like if A you're ever trying to find, source. yeah, if we were ever trying to find our way home, like we could just put in Sandusky because it was but like now right I'd be I'd, I'd feel confident shooting at a you know an instrument approach just staring at my phone. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean that's yeah. Yeah. that's terrifying to say, but yeah. I mean it's also accurate to say you yeah. don't you can't do that legally. <laughs> yeah. Don't go on. Do not take my advice. But if you're in a pickle, <laughs> like, I know somebody that used to shoot instrument approaches out here just using a a, a just one of those old GPSs that just told you your heading and your distance like from the airport. <laughs> It would just so like tell him like Apollo or something. Yeah, yeah. you always say like, you know, like whatever heading inbound is that you know is where you're at. So <laughs> wasn't he backing it up with the the SKY VOR? I don't know. Or 
Hopefully, I don't know, maybe that's some, some other nut job I was thinking of. Because there's, there's, there's more than one of them out there. Yeah. I don't more know. than one guy. I don't know. Lake I mean, Erie Islands. I guess you could back it up with the Sandusky VOR, but I think he would just use just he knew what altitude he should be at, at what distance mm-hmm. he was, and then he would just come right in. There's Pop some lo- there's Pop there's some minimums. locals up there. Right. Oh yes, yeah. who own their own planes? Mm-hmm. Who I don't know if it's as bad as it used to be, but I think they, it's a lot uh, better than it has been. Yeah, I don't. I yeah, don't think the, was, a lot yeah. of the people I'm thinking of have passed away. Yeah, ironically, yeah. not from aviation accidents. No. Yeah, no. Right. Yeah. There's there's plenty <laughs> of cowboy stories out this way though, yeah. for sure. But the, the islands, there used to be some very unofficial instrument approaches that were designed and flown by one man and one man only yeah, <laughs> into yeah. those islands out there. Because none of them have a legal approach, like a official yeah. approach. No, the only one that does is, is Peely. Um, oh, yeah. I, forget, I always forget about that. I, I think I, Peely I, has an RNAV, yeah. I, but that's the only one. I mean, there's most, you know, Kelly's is the only one with lights. So for, you I've know, only flown into Peely n- once. It was with uh, Weber in the Islander. One win. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, I, I miss I miss Peely. We haven't been in there in over a year, so hopefully. Oh these, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. That's the, gotta, the restrictions that's on travel can that lift was... soon. It uh, yeah. No, it's yeah. it's it's definitely killing the business for the summer stuff. Uh, I mean, they're they're keeping the, the charter the summer is going good, but yeah, that's that's a lot of the island flying in the summer once the boats are running. Yeah. Uh, there's not a, a huge demand for flying to the other islands outside of Peely once we get yeah. into this time of year. Yeah. Oh man, you missed. Uh, we we both missed whiskey light and uh, <laughs> oh, Derby Day it. this year. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't make it to Derby Day. I was in school this week, but uh, whiskey light was a fun time. What's whiskey light? Nice. I, I'd never heard of this either. I've actually never been. I just, it's on Putin Bay, and it's they have a at the Roundhouse Bar. There's a light that just says whiskey, a neon light that they turn on, and it's like the unofficial start of the season. Good time. Everybody goes over there for it. And, um, yeah, we actually, we took the ferry boat over a couple of my other friends, uh, uh, got a plane ride over and then we rode back on a friend's boat. So it was a good time. Sounds, sounds good. And Derby day was just this past week over at Kelly's Island. And that's even way more fun. Yeah. <laughs> but, that's my, that's a, yeah. a blast that we were talking about that in one of the previous was, episodes. Yeah. But I was having a good time working on my ATP, uh, CTP class this weekend. Just a, a real, that go? real good time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was all Sounds right. Like a blast. It's it's done. Thank goodness. So, when do you take your check ride? Check ride will be a week from this Friday. So I have to take the ATP written this coming Friday, and then provided that goes well, the check ride will be the following Friday during my okay. recurrent for the Hawker. So, so you may need, you may miss a few recordings here. <laughs> <laughs> well, schedule. I mean, yeah, I went live from the. Uh, the hotel the other night, so. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. I always I can pack this this computer and this mic with me because I'll be out there for another week again. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all. That's all I got. Uh, before we wrap it up, I was I just came up with the idea. Scott has a plane, right? And Eckel Eckel's a pretty decent and one of the best instructors in Northern Ohio at the moment. <laughs> get Eamon back. You could, easy you gotta, now. That's 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 bold. You talk. got an opportunity here, Eamon, to. Uh, if you want to get back into it, I think we might be able to make some stuff happen. <laughs> we'll probably figure it out. All right. That that doesn't sound impossible to do. It's, well, put it this way. 
it's been that long since I've been upstairs. It'd be nice to kind of get back into it for a little yeah. bit and just just That's something to do that upstairs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm sure I'm sure Lee's too busy, so I'll definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, God, Lee's not going to be able to. <laughs> so I'm definitely down to help you out, yeah. and get you back in the airplane. Lee can hardly record episodes, let alone. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say that that golf GDI takes a lot of polishing. <laughs> to be fair, he does have two more kids than I do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he is married with two kids, so I'm sure it's a lot, <laughs> lot going on. Two under two. Yeah. The bachelor yeah. life certainly makes it easy for me to just yeah. kind of go fly here and there and do whatever I want. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, well said, Ryan. We'll get some. We'll get Ryan some uh, eight eight Delta landings and takeoffs yeah. under his belt as well. Have How many yes. times have you been out in and out of there? I have been in and out of there probably only three, four times. So, oh wow, I'm about, about due for it. Yeah. Did you used to this fly? This is like a. Did you fly over here in uh, one of the planes that you work for, or was it one of our planes? Oh, uh, into one of the planes that I work for. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Cherokee. Yeah. Yeah, I only, honestly, I probably only have a dozen grass landings under my belt out of my <laughs> thousands and thousands of landings. <laughs> so, so, it's so much nicer than payment. Once it you really is. It. Yeah. Uh, so I much more really forgiving. We have a field out here in Elmore that I really like. Like to get in. It's a it's a private strip, but I'd like to get in and out of there more this summer. They used to host like chicken barbecues in the summer, like on Thursday nights. So hopefully they get that going again. Yeah, we may we may we've been looking at some numbers. We may have to have a fly in here uh, this summer at eight eight Delta, right? Scott? Unofficial, yeah. Just do like a. Oh, I love it. I'm bringing a tent. A, I'm gonna stay the night right, so yeah. I can have some beers. Hell yeah! <laughs> don't yep. pitch it too. Don't pitch it so close to the swan. <laughs> come out I, think it's, I think it's mean. No, the male swan's <laughs> gone. You'll be all right. It's just a female. She just likes to hiss at <laughs> you. She won't actually do anything. Yeah, okay. But not, not get rowdy after eight thirty either. <laughs> no, it's a weekend. It's, if it's a weekend. It's fine. But I don't do weekdays. I'm very strict. That's schedule on the weekdays. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have to plan it a, definitely a Saturday then, so we oh, can yeah. all yeah, it, it would enjoy have to some, be a, a some adult beverages on the field. Right, right. Just explain to people like this might not be your typical fly-in. Like, no, I, I <laughs> if we do it, I don't even think I'm going to call it a fly-in just because yeah. I don't want to <laughs> the liability. I don't want to have. Yeah. I d- I just don't want to have those expectations of like what most people think is a fly-in. Right, they'll think it's and like, and they just show up. They'll think it's like it's a, just a bunch of. Go ahead. I think it's like a bunch of guys like in their fifties and sixties, like talking about airplanes and stuff, and maybe maybe making some burgers or something. You know, sitting around and talking, it'll be like a bunch of dumbasses, like drunk. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, like relating relating kind of tales where how many beers before you dangle your flight instructor out the window? (laughs) So we can like chat up chicks. Be like, for sure. How did no, you, did I'm, you gonna, guys... I'm gonna plan on it being a fly in, but I'm not flying out for at least right. 24 yeah, hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People fly in. Oh, are, oh, are you guys gonna do some flying today? Uh, we're all too drunk to fly. <laughs> <laughs> I can barely well, set up my tent on the field. Leave me alone, right, yeah. <laughs> Scott. We'll have to get your dad to waive the overnight tie down fee for the weekend. Yeah, so we... yeah. free tie downs. Yeah. It's more incentive just to don't go taking that thing off anytime yeah. soon. <laughs> yeah. I like it. All right. Well, that, uh, that's a different episode than normal, but like I said, I'm, tr- I'm mainly trying to catch up. We're trying to get our production schedule ahead on all these. So I appreciate you guys, uh, guys and gals who've lasted this long and into the episode. You guys are the diehards. We appreciate it. 
Uh, we got some other things I'm trying to get in the pipeline. So that, that involved getting way ahead on episodes. We we're actually kind of recording at a two episodes a week pace at the moment. That's why Scott is not on all of the episodes. Lee is not on all of the episodes. Echo's been filling a lot more than normal because he's a bachelor and doesn't have an 8.30 bedtime <laughs> without any kids. I might stay up till midnight just studying for this ATP written. Uh, so it's going to be real oh, wild man. here tonight. I wish I could do that. <laughs> well, if you don't have to wake up for anything in the morning, Scott. Oh, that's some, true. That's some productivity. All I, yeah. I got to do is wake up to start studying again. So yeah. <laughs> I might yeah. as well stay up as late as I want. Yeah, unless you start drinking, though, because then it's like you'll study all night and then not remember anything that you studied. That's so. true. Yeah, I, I better only limit myself to one yeah. more. Yeah. One more beverage. Because I could def- I don't <laughs> study anymore because I don't have any reason to study. But <laughs> if, if you should I did, always be learning, Scott. Well, I I learned. I'm the second I, Ryan Eckle there. You should always be learning, Scott. I learn. I learn on the job. There you go. There. I learn. Uh, I learn something new every day. No, I don't know. But I don't. I don't really have like anything to study, like book wise. Like I'll like. Study, you know, I don't know. I, I don't really have like I want you to test, get tests or anything, but like I do yeah. research. Even reading a, a like an accident report, that's I'd call yeah. that pretty much I, studying. You're trying to learn from somebody else's unfortunate mistake. You know? Yeah, I'll do research into like stuff. Like I, I buy and part out airplanes. So like I, if I'm sitting at home, like I'll look at stuff like that, or I'll look at stuff yeah. to buy and sell. You know, but I'm not really like studying. Yes. Um, I lost my train of thought. I was gonna. Act, I had a good way to round this up or round this out or whatever the lingo would be. Um, yes. If you're not on the email list, go to robertberger.com/live. We are going to somehow, some way. I'm fighting for it. Start the live component of the show. Um, if you're on that uh, email list, you'll get notified. I do not send out emails that often because I'm lazy and I do not share your email with anyone else because I'm selfish. So <laughs> drop off your email it with confidence. Um, Ryan Eckel is on the gram, as we've mentioned so, so many times lately on the show. Uh, at Eckel R, E-C-K-E-L-R. Drop it, slide into those DMs. Am I getting that lingo down right? I, that's, I've been saying it every episode. You guys are more than welcome to slide, slide right into my DMs. Slide that's, that's into what the kids DMs. are calling it. And, uh, kids. I love hearing keep, from you guys. Maybe he'll <laughs> take some sel- maybe we'll take some selfies on his uh, <laughs> on his uh, ATP thing. Yeah. The, yeah. the course. And uh, yeah, see, see how that goes. See if my instructor will go live from the sim for us. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> see if I pass or fail this check ride. It'll be great. Stay tuned for that. Uh, my email is farim at robertberger.com, spelled B E R G E R, the German way, not the sandwich way. Mr. Boris's is F A R A I M at scottboris.com, B O R E S. And if you'd like to get a hold of Eamon, just shoot uh, Scott an email. I'm sure he can get that over to him. Does that work for you, Eamon? No problem. Keep uh, keep you incognito here on the show. Foreign spy <laughs> guest host here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, until next time, take care. Later. Thank you. Bye for now.
All right. That was, that was a different one. I think it's usable, though. Yeah. I think it's so. Good. Yeah. There's no raging. Scott was very was well behaved. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you <laughs> yeah, gotta, I'm surprised, to be honest with you. You uh, like, scared me. You got professionalism. You got to come out on the weekend, Eamon. The weekend shows. Yeah. The weekend shows are like <laughs> night and day from the weekday shows. Yeah, yeah. The weekend they are the shit shows. Yeah. The weekend recordings are just, just completely. Disaster. A lot of editing. But, yeah. I can't wait till we're going live because Scott's gonna avoid drinking for a while when we go live because he's not used to it. But eventually yeah. he'll get comfortable with it, and not care, and he's just gonna yeah, it's show not up. Gonna be good. And all the stuff that I normally edit out, it's just gonna be like live wherever we're streaming oh, from. Oh, God. I'm not going to like that. <laughs> That's going to be like a fair scary show. You could do a sequel to this one, I suppose, if I actually go back up again for uh, an yeah, hour Yeah, that would so. be good. Then, yeah. Amen. Like then you can, you, you've got a little bit more material and you've got yeah. a follow-up. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, uh, I don't know, someone who's been out of it for a long time who's actually gone back upstairs again. So I'm not not unopposed to that. So Yeah. Yeah, I like the idea of that. We're setting up Scott's airplane this summer for um, recording everything that's going on in the cockpit between the two people yep. and everything that's being said back and forth between air traffic control gotcha. or any any other airplanes on Unicom or Common Traffic Advisory. And uh, so then once we get that set up, we start to get some material. I got to get the setup on my end where I'm going to have a, I got to buy this panel that goes into my computer where I got buttons and I can play clips. So we're going to be able to add, while we're doing this live, be able to play the clips. So that'd Okay, be, gotcha. Yeah, that's handy. a great idea. Yeah, flying and into it, a controlled field yeah. and giving people it, get me on the there. ability it's to made, hear how we communicate. Stupid stuff. Yeah. It, <laughs> also it, that, yeah. Having no idea what I'm talking about. It's mainly for the humor. The driving force is at the humor of Scott interacting with air traffic control. The audience wants dying to hear it. Yeah. Well, um, that's so we want to uh, capture some of that. A lot of times, too, I'm like, catch myself talking in the airplane. I'm like, oh, my God, I hope I don't have a stuck mic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you'll get to hear all that kind of, you know, that humor, too. In in the jet world, you know, we have to have a sterile cockpit below 10,000 feet. But in the piston world, we we bullshit all the way through short final. So, yeah. 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 (laughs) That might be my good, maybe do a lesson with Ryan and yeah. Scott's playing once we get the audio hooked up. Yeah, that way, if, if anything interesting is said and stuff, and we want to play it in the clip, we can, you know. Yeah, you I, I mean, I that would meet with OSU, you know, and I I said to you before, you know, I'm not all fair with all the radio lingo. You know, I was coming in, I said, told them. It was going to be like, you know, touch and go. And uh, he's like, state intentions. And I'm like, well, I just told you, stop touch and go. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, Who's sounding like a knob here? Right. <laughs> that's what I that's what I wanted to say in plain English. No, right. Okay. <laughs> if I'm not telling you something, don't just keep saying state intentions again and again. Let me know what you want to know and I'll tell you. You know, this is not a game here. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I don't think See? I've ever flown in there. I think uh, there's one, no. one of Gallagher's ideas to go down there. No, I've, never, I've never flown in there. He graduated from there, right? Yeah, that's, that's probably, probably why he sent me back. That's probably why. So. Right, that's probably why. <laughs> I don't, I've know, heard it's quite don't feel like going back. I feel like they'll have AA batteries up for me or something. I usually send my guys to Mansfield. They're super top-notch, very professional. Toledo as well, and they're really good yeah. with working with, with I always student did Mansfield. Mansfield was very good with students as well, quite yeah. forgiving. And yeah. yeah, I had no, no problem there whatsoever, unlike the hellhole that was Finlay. 
<laughs> this oh. seems to be like a, a dark triangle for student pilots, Finley. F- yeah. F- Finley's not <laughs> controlled, that. though. Finley's, uh, At Finley's, least it's not controlled. Yeah. 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 And they do, still have a, they do still have a VOR it's, on the field there, they too. Have a, so. They okay. have a very long, wide runway for... Like being in the middle of nowhere, it was, though. It was friendly, yeah. And then in terms of that, there I think was no, it's, no problem. What is it, what is it like 7,500 feet? I think it's, yeah, it's long. Um, yeah, well, they have uh, a, marathon oil is based out of there. So, uh, you're right. That is, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I know they have, they do some corporate flying in and out of there. Oh, okay. Is it like every time I went in there, it was like there's nobody around. It's like this pretty good sized airport in the middle of nowhere and there's nobody yeah. there. Well, it's one of those weird airports in Ohio too. That's actually uh, it's Class E at the surface. Yeah, not too many, not too many of those left in in the area. We got uh, yeah, sixty five hundred feet. Their their north uh, south runway. Okay, see, I thought it was longer than that, but that's, that's a good size. Yeah, it might be. That's probably that might be landing distance total. I don't know if that's total yeah, distance. I don't know. The... I just remember it being very long. I just remember going in there being like. Yeah surprised that like this big airport is kind of in the middle of nowhere and there's nobody here <laughs> but yeah oh, for sure which one is that toledo finley. too I mean, they're that was yeah, uh we're talking finley yeah toledo is yeah yeah toledo is uh, <laughs> they got that ten thousand foot the same way <laughs> yeah it's ten thousand foot and there's yeah. like but they actually do have some jets coming in out of there but quite a bit yeah but, yeah, they have the I mean, Toledo Jet Center, I think it is, or Toledo yeah. Jet. That's what and, I was thinking. You know, Toledo the, was a shared field with the military and yeah, civilian. Yeah, military. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they have um, F-16s, F-16s based on the field there. Yeah, yeah Scott, that's what I was thought I recall seeing back then. Scott and I'd go into Toledo at night a few times. Yeah. Remember we yeah. used to do that back in yeah. the day? When I was yeah. like building up nighttime and stuff. There's some cargo stuff coming in and out of there when we went in there. And then Scott, Scott changed the frequency on my uh, airplane. And oh, did I? Broke. Oh, yeah, it broke you, the knob. You broke the knob? Yeah. When it was on a frequency that was no, like nothing that had to do with the airport, so we could not communicate with them, and we're out how, holding short. How did we get it we're out fixed? holding sh- Like, are the pliers or something? Didn't... You found pliers in, uh, like, a tool bag angle head in the back. Yeah. Had left, but meanwhile we're holding short of the active runway, trying to switch from ground to tower, and then we've got no way to communicate with the tower anymore. Where was this? This is at Toledo. Toledo. Scott and I in the middle of the night. It was like one <laughs> o'clock in the morning, wasn't it? <laughs> no. Oh, no. Yeah, it was. Yikes. Yeah. And Scott Get goes to change old... it from ground to tower and breaks the <clears throat> n- knob off of my. Uh, Radio in the 150 <laughs> on a frequent on a frequency and there's no no frequency at Toledo, so there's no way we. Can of course, yeah. <laughs> so when you just squawk 7600 and start rocking the wings, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're we're out there for probably 20 minutes. It was one o'clock in the morning, so it's not like anyone's waiting. You know, it's no traffic. We're the only ones there, so we just that's when you just like, found just, pliers. Just take off, it. turn your transponder off, and take off and leave. <laughs> just leave the area. <laughs> yeah, just shut yeah. shut your transponder off and just leave. That'd go over well. 
I've actually had two comms failures in my short career as a pilot. And it's <laughs> <laughs> really? I've had a Squawk 7600 twice. Yeah. One was, uh, I had an alternate, uh, alternator belt snap in a arrow. My, my first job mm. transporting a truck driver and he, we were in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And I, I like, so I knew I'd lost the alternator. Things weren't charging. And so I started losing components. So I just started shutting stuff down. Like it had a airplane had a 430 in it. So I shut that down. I, I knew where I was at. I knew I was getting close and I let them know too. I was like, Hey, I might lose my radius before I get there. And they're like, yeah, you're, you know, it's Tuscaloosa kind of out in the middle of nowhere. They're like, we'll clear the airspace for you. Just come on in and, you know, don't forget to do your, cause they knew I was in an arrow. They're like, don't forget to do your emergency gear landing <laughs> approach and everything. So yeah. because you know, the gear was electrically like activated. So did my emergency gear extension, lost all my electronics before I got in there. They gave me the green light and landed. So it was, it worked out no problem. And then we actually had it happen in a, a Hawker like mm, a couple months ago. We had a bus, a bus tie uh, failure broke down. We lost like TCAS. We lost our chip whiz. We lost our comms. And so yeah, we had a Squawk 7600 for that and got a green light to come into there too. So you've actually used the, uh, the, the light guns. Yeah. The light gun signals. Uh, we shouldn't diss the light gun signals no, too much. We always, we always make fun of those on the, on the program, but they are real. You've actually done them. I've actually had to use light gun signals twice. Okay. If, if we ever, if we ever redo that episode, which at some point we probably will, we're going to have you on as a guest. Thankfully it was green because all the other stuff I would have had to look up. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. man, let's just leave. We'll go somewhere. Yep. <laughs> I would have pulled yep. the Scott method, turn the transponder off and go somewhere else. Yep. <laughs> uncontrolled find field. It, here we go. Uncontrolled field somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere close by. Yep. <laughs> you do that even with full functioning equipment though, Scott. Well, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're turning the transponder off, looking for the uncontrolled field to go into. <laughs> Right, get me out of here. How low do you have to be for like uh, cell service? I was just kind of curious. That's another that. good yeah, one. Just... I actually con- kind of consider that. I mean, I sometimes get signal all the way at like you know, a couple thousand feet. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking you. I thought a thousand feet you'd probably be okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're in the pattern, you should be picking up a signal. Just yeah. call. Just call the tower. Yeah, I, that's honestly that's a good tool to use. I mean, especially now we all have. You know, the Bose headset's already linked to our phone. Just, you can pull the tower, you know, or you can pull the airport number right off of your four flight. Give them a call yep. and be like, hey, I lost my comms. Can I come in and land? <laughs> so <laughs> it's not, it's definitely not out of question. Utilize everything you got. Do they have, do the control towers and control facilities have text message capability yet? So one of the new things is, uh, I think it's called... <laughs> that i'm probably saying it wrong so don't throw that in the episode but it, it basically is like a you're texting back and forth from the airplane so like you can get the atis like via text into the airplane like all the airliners use it and a lot of the bigger uh business jets are using it they'll give you the atis they can give you your clearance through it they can give you all kinds of stuff and it's just textual data going through your flight computer and you can eat like drag and drop it into your flight planning and everything it's pretty wild yeah. so yeah you can text basically you're texting back and forth with the controlling agency nice. through, the, through the airplane I was, yeah i was thinking like an emergency like grab your cell phone 
like mm-hmm. actually text the tower because it's a loud environment. Sometimes it might right. be easier to to send a text message and then receive a text message, especially if the if the service is spotty. They might not be able to get a good phone call through. Good then, point. You know, right. text could go through, and you could you know when you do pick up a signal that text is in the the. You probably know more about this communication stuff. Yeah, it's called CPDLC, Controller Pilot Data Link Communications, is what the, hmm. that system is. And uh, yeah, we were actually discussing it, it, it quite a bit. It, it doesn't work with your actual cell phone, though, does it? No, it's it's through the aircraft itself. And uh, there's been like pilots that have been called out on like they'll get an amendment to their route and they don't like put it in, and the controller will come back. And even though like. They'll just be like, "Hey, why isn't that in your built into your box yet?" Like total Big Brother watching. Like they're like, "Why, why didn't you enter that into your your flight plan inside the the airplane?" <laughs> they're like, "Oh, yeah, huh. give me a second. <laughs> so like they know what is what's programmed into your, you know, your FMS. It's That's pretty wild. Creepy. It is, yeah, almost to a level. But it's also a super nice tool where I think. You know, I'm thinking in our lifetime, we're going to see, you know, parts of radio comms coming down to almost nothing outside of, you know, other than uncontrolled, you know, airspace or uncontrolled fields. But when it comes to controlled facilities, I think the less chatter, the better. Oh, yeah. There's got to be a better way to communicate than just yeah. everybody using one radio frequency and just like, <laughs> I don't know. It just seems right. like in this day and age, there's got to be a better way to communicate and radios like they kind of suck like it's hard to hear like i don't know just yeah that's that's one thing i'll I'll tell students sometimes you know when they start kind of when things get busier out in port clinton a lot of times you know we'll hear traffic from michigan and they'll be like wait wait, was that here was that here and i'm like no i was like a good rule of thumb i was like if it comes in a little bit scratchy they're probably not around here i go but don't bank on that because some people just have shitty radios (laughs) so like me they could be flying right next to you and it'll be like (laughs) you know sound like crap like like, scott you they're better than you're thinking though because like you don't you run like a 60 dollar headset on 1960s radio (laughs) well if you're flying if you're flying a new aircraft with bose headsets well i'm sure it's a lot better beautifully clear Mm -hmm. that is true but well, even some of these radios from the 60s, if they're well-maintained, they work yeah. fine. Mine's, my radio's not that old. I have, this, I have the same radio that you had in your 150. Yeah. The exact same one. Is it a king? Okay. Like a, I, uh, oh, I remember that now. Yeah. Analog or remember. is it digital? It's digital. Yeah. Well, yeah. well you're doing fine. I've, I I still fly with some guys that have analog, you know, they'll... The, the little like knobs, the yeah, the yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And actually, some of those sound pretty decent. Yeah, I think it's a a King uh, Navcom. I don't know what number it is, but yeah, I don't remember. And you're saying it's the same one. I have like thirty, forty hours in your plane too. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would have been easy for you to transfer from your plane to my plane because it's the exact same radio setup. That was one of my questions. If you take like an aging airframe, like say one from the seventies or or sixties, you know what what kind of one box electronics upgrade can you put into that thing that would bring you? You can do anything, you know. Yeah, yeah. Money talks. I had one guy who has a yeah. Rockwell Commander from the late seventies. You know, super old uh, nav equipment, super old radios, and we flew that thing down to um, Punta Gorda, Florida. 
and it was, uh, I think St. Pete avionics was down there and they put in a Garmin 750. So, and then those, uh, <clears throat> they put in some other Garmin instruments as well. New transponder. I mean, it costs more than the, than the, the cost of the airplane. <laughs> so, I, I didn't but, expect it to be cheap, but I imagine there's got to be some pretty yeah. slick one box solutions that can oh, absolutely. go absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a ton. There's, quite a few airplanes out there that have more in avionics than they do the, the cost of the actual airplane. It's wild. Yeah. 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 And that's like, I mean, the jet that I fly right now, the Hawker, you can, you can find one for a million dollars easily, or even like maybe even a little bit less. But if, if you're going to have the modern day electronics into it, it almost bumps it up to like 3 million, you know, <laughs> depending on, you know, your interior, uh, the exterior, but avionics are just a huge, huge cost of it now. It's, what it's year wild. is the hawk? What year is the hawker you fly? Uh, the, the ones we fly are they range from I think two thousand and nine to like two thousand fifteen. They stopped making them I think so in like sixteen or seventeen. Then. Yeah, yeah, they're all fairly new. <laughs> Thankfully, I did fly an older one that uh, it's probably from two thousand. Like, but I mean, even still within two thousand. Because those things date back, I think, into the 80s. Yeah. But uh, all the ones that I've flown, thankfully, have been newer and with modern avionics. I've only flown one that had the the older avionics in it. Hmm. And it wasn't, I mean, it still flies the same. That's my thing, too. Like, you know, at the end of the day, like, if shit hits the fan, I know I can hand fly this. Like, it's the automation that'll bite you in the ass, um, you know, getting too reliant on that was one of the things they really pushed on us at this ATP school was that's why we're seeing those crashes like Asiana, you know, flights or these um, Chinese companies with guys that only have, you know, 300 hours and they don't know how to fly a visual approach. They only know how to fly an ILS or an RNAV (laughs) and they see these guys come in to train and they're like, Oh, they give them a visual and they'll crash, but they can fly an ILS perfectly fine. It's, it's bizarre. That's insane. Yeah, for us, yeah. you know, a visual. Backwards. That's, that's yeah. Yeah. You said Punta Gorda when you flew it down there. I was thinking Punta Cana. I was remembering a story <laughs> yeah. with Scott's brother and I. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever hear the story, Echol? I don't think so. Do Gandhi tell. and I went. Gandhi and I went to Cleveland Hopkins mm-hmm. after the closed down Cheers wasn't, one wasn't night it, with a. Pe- wasn't it Boy? You and Gandhi and Boy. Yeah, Boy was with us too. Cheers. We show. We closed down Cheers. That's went to Cleveland, about nine. We went to Cleveland Hopkins we to Cleveland with a pillowcase with a pillowcase of like four or five grand of cash inside the pillowcase. <laughs> trying to get tickets to Punakana. Yeah. They walk in because at the No. At at the time, like my brother like doesn't spend ones and fives. He just throws them in a drawer. Just oh throws them in a pile. God. This yeah. was back in the day when the business was kicking off. Yeah, like and so he's not any cash. Like he didn't do anything with it. He just if it was below a ten dollar bill, he just threw it in his drawer. So he had like piles of money. Yeah, so they like that. They were like, Good like savings. they didn't have the money to like they didn't have the cash to like go. So he's like, oh, I got it, and he stuffed all these ones and fives into a pillowcase. It was like a few thousand dollars with the ones and fives. That looks legit for sure. Yeah. They go up to the counter and said, with a pillowcase full of cash, and said, "We need the." And first. we're hammered. <laughs> Obviously, so they, they need yeah. the first flight going south out of the country. Oh yeah. no! 
Yeah, we'd like to meet some of our cartel friends this evening. <laughs> Don't raise any red flags at all. No. no change of clothes. Yeah, we're like, cash. Just a pillowcase of cash. A Let's pillowcase go. full of cash. We want the first flight going south out of the country. <laughs> I love it. And it was it was Punakan. I forget what airline it was. Yeah. It was like the only it was flight like they USA, had. T- it was USA 3000. It was like some... Was that what it was? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if they're still around, but it was... I remember you guys telling me it was USA 3000, and I was like, I've never even heard of them. I looked them up. That's the only route they do. Oh, my god! We go up to the ticket counter, and we're like, where's Punacana? And they're like, it's the Dominican Republic. And we look at each other like, all right, three <laughs> tickets, go. three tickets, one way. One way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll figure out how to get back. And she's like... Clearly, she's trying to like make this not happen. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, "You need passports," and I'm like, I put them out like a deck of cards. I'm like, three of our passports." <laughs> she's like, all right. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah. And she's that, like, "All right, what else do I have in my arsenal?" No, this is this is just like Gandhi to pillowcase. She didn't realize it was full of cash at this point. Yeah. So she's just like that. That's gonna be three thousand dollars, and Gandhi <laughs> just puts up this pillowcase and starts. <laughs> Emptying cash on her counter. She's like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) This is like 6.30 in the morning, 5.30 in the morning, I think. (laughs) Didn't you guys once also drive around uh, the lake? Like, yeah, we circumnavigated uh, the lake, and then yeah. like when you came back through the other side, they're like, "What are your like? What were you doing?" No, you're like get, we went to the Niagara Falls, but like you yeah, were coming around no, on the opposite was, side. Yeah, it was going into Canada. <laughs> we, yeah, we they asked where we were going, where we were from. We're like here on Ohio, and we're like we're going through Niagara Falls, and they're like, "Where are you going, Toronto?" And they're like. No. no, Windsor. We go Windsor. Uh, Windsor. Yeah, Windsor. Yeah, Windsor. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we go the other way. They're like, we're heading to Windsor, and they're like, no, no. They're like, we knew some people. Make any we, sense. we knew some people were partying in Windsor. Yeah, oh but we decided randomly. to take the wrong. Way. Yeah, we decided to take the wrong way around the lake just for fun. You'd have been better off floating over the lake on a pool noodle. <laughs> no, but no, it's because Gandhi and his woman were going on vacation. Yeah, they went to. Florida or something. I don't know. Mexico. And she left know. her car uh, with us. Mm-hmm. And we were only supposed to use it for Big like mistake. business purposes. <laughs> business no, it purposes wasn't even that. Only. We were like, it wasn't for that because she didn't have like, it. Just I mean, come pick me up. They and had, it, like, that was it. <laughs> they had just like, they hadn't even been together like more than like six months. Like she wasn't, I don't even think she was living at his house yet. Okay. So she just left she, Back in the day when she used to get like dumped on a Thursday and you get back with yeah. her on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So this is... So, yeah, we'd go... Um, we're just like, we got to do something with this car. We can't just be responsible with it. And then no. that's when I came up with the idea of drive around the Lake Erie because we've never... I've never <laughs> driven around Lake Erie. So we I've drove never made the car, loop myself. Yeah. We drove her car around Lake Erie uh, and took photos of it in a lot of towns just to piss her off. <laughs> <laughs> and I love we it. got we got detained in Canadian well, customs for they, like what, two asked, or three hours. They asked who the car, who's the owner of the car, and I said, "Well, it's my brother's girlfriend's." I said, "Well, actually, it's my brother's girlfriend's husband's. That's whose name it's in." <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no! You didn't know it was under his name until they came back with his name, which we won't yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. They're and like, then you're uh, like, th- and they're and like, that, well, well, who's this? 
And I was like, Nothing oh, that's my brother's girlfriend's that. husband. And they're like, they're like, and they're like, you guys are being detained for yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah. they took us in. It was, it was great. It was great. And they oh. broke us. They broke us all up to yeah. like interview us separately oh, to yeah, try to yeah. get us our to they have different story stories. Yeah. Right. But all of us, everyone in the we car, is just giving story. the same story. Yeah. We're yeah, just all telling the truth. You guys were legitimately just shit around the lake. That dumb. Yeah, yeah. And the truth was so <laughs> unbelievably stupid to them; they wouldn't believe us. So yeah. they got so frustrated. And I remember when let the us one, go, though. well, the one lady came out. The one the customs lady came out, and she. In the Canadian accent, she's like, "Just leave." And yeah, I'm like, oh, that's okay. Right. So we start go packing home. up. Yeah, they, and then they I did. did. I, like, they were rude I, about. It. I, They're like, "Just go." Oh, they were not nice. Yeah. at all. And and I was like, "Does that mean usually go the home? Canadians are the nicest?" Yeah. I was like, "Does that mean go home or like we can keep going?" <laughs> and I don't remember what they said, but no, and then I I keep telling her, "Yeah, we're going to Windsor. We're driving around the lake." And she she literally starts screaming at me, "Stop talking! Just leave!" <laughs> I'm like, so okay. we can go to Windsor, or we can't go to Windsor. I'm like, we're going to Windsor, <laughs> so we went to Windsor. Yeah. That is what I actually still tell people about that. I'm like, oh yeah, these guys that I know and used to work with, like, they went to Windsor via the Niagara Falls. Line. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, wait, I'm like what? I'm like, no, they don't. They do not live in Buffalo, New York. They live in Huron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I have to ask, what was the vehicle? It was that, that Nissan Murano? Uh, Nissan Murano. Nissan Murano. The silver yeah. Nissan Murano. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so right. I think as I, soon I, as the border I'm, opens, I'm that's the trip we need to make. <laughs> right? Oh, I'd be down again. We got to go clockwise now. I've done it. Was, it, it was a good time. <laughs> I'm, I'm heading out. We'll All see right, you, Scott. Later, later, later Scott. Yeah, later. <laughs> oh man. No. We got to redo that trip, but yeah, like I said, clockwise instead of counting. <laughs> and tell them that See, we're going to Niagara Falls when we enter through Windsor. <laughs> yeah, and we come, we're coming back, and uh, I guess they can like when you're in line for customs, they yeah. can they got different people listening in with speakers like on your window panes. Oh, I'm sure like some infrared, so they can hear the conversations that are going on in the car. Yeah, and um, so I'm like, I was in the back of the car. Scott, we were going to spend the night in Windsor, and then I'm like, no, this is bad. We are drinking in Windsor, but then we decided we don't want to actually spend the night here. There's no good yeah. hotel rooms, a bunch of randos. And it was, um, so we got this DD, guy who was sober. Um, right. I think it was Trey. So Trey is driving, and nobody in the car knows who Trey is other than me, because he was like, we went to St. Mary's. <laughs> yeah. And like... So I just knew him because I knew a bunch of people from a bunch of different schools back in the day. But yeah. nobody else in the car among my buddies who was on the original trip knew Trey. <laughs> so Trey's driving now because he's the only one sober. And we're going back through it. And like they were trying to concoct all this stuff to like tell the border patrol people. And I'm like, just, okay, what if we get detained again? Okay, best option is just to tell the truth. That way all of our stories match up because it's the truth. Right. And like we'll go on. I mean if I'll, I'll beep I'll beep it, but if I end up leaving this in, uh I go if we get into any problems, we'll call <laughs> cell phone. Amen <laughs> <laughs> knows who I'm talking about. You oh, know, I know exactly who you're talking about. You know 
Echoed out you? I don't think so. Is this your Better Call Saul kind of guy or what? No, the <laughs> uh, customs guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. On so the I'm US like, side, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, if oh, yeah. we get in trouble, like, if there's any problems, we'll call. <laughs> we all have his cell phone number, other than Trey, because he's driving. And mm-hmm. uh, so we get up to the thing, and I think I'd switch seats to like be next to it. Like, I think we decided, like, you sit behind Trey so you can have your window down too and explain this if need be. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's so that. orchestrated. Yeah. So we, we finally get up to the window, and it's like a young like kid our age at the time, our early 20s. It was a young customs guy. He's just yeah. like, He's like, all right, passports. We give it to his passports. He's like, he tells us all. He's like, you know, it's a good thing you just decided to tell us what's really going on. And he's like, FYI, we can hear everything when you're in line of like conversations that are having on the vehicle. And normally we wouldn't say this, but I have to ask, how do you know? No way. So he's like, that guy's a legend. <laughs> we had this whole conversation about it. How do you guys know? He's a legend. He's not wrong. Oh, uh, no, he so, is a legend. So many stories. He's retired oh, yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Legends in the customs. Customs. <laughs> you bleep Border the name, Patrol. but if anybody's listening, he is the Lake Erie <laughs> customs legend. <laughs> he, yeah, he deserves like a god, like a Greek god name we give to everybody. There you ch- go. For <laughs> we think a winner. So we- two two years ago, they detained a Canadian that I brought back, that I brought over from Peely, and they made me fly him back. They really? had, they, yeah, they held him for like three hours in the U.S. side. Here, like you know, like that that new customs built, like the big building that they have off of Route 53 over by Port Clinton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They detained him there for like three or four hours, and then they made me fly him back over. He wasn't allowed in the U.S. <laughs> no, that's not a good day. I know it's super awkward flight back. I was just like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting stricter. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you, we could easily run a full hour. Stories. There's oh yeah, mo- there's that money. Start a whole separate podcast. <laughs> you know, you know him better than I do, Amen. Would he ever come on? Do you think? I one of my favorite stories. The first time I met him, um, I remember that me and my English buddy, who was over at the time, we were in Old Dutch Tavern, and <laughs> his partner Stephanie was seated at a table like must be like one behind us and they were like listening to us talking and he was getting increasingly suspicious <laughs> <laughs> and i think stephanie was like just passively there but just like who are these guys why are they here okay I <laughs> what are they doing in my really country <laughs> them. and you know t- to our credit we had been drinking quite a few so we were even less intelligible than than normal and the next time we came across him was at Brutus's. It probably. was Brutus's, yeah. It was Brutus's. And he decided uh, to introduce himself as, you know, CBP officer. Um, <laughs> does anyone, does, does anyone need fi- deporting, basically? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> know, what, what are you doing here? We were sat behind you. We were suspicious. And he sat there with a beer. And uh, we just decided to get him, I think we got him a shot or two, and then got him some more beers, and then some more shots. And we just kept repeating that that one number of times, and then he threatened to deport everybody, and then left. 
<laughs> I'll deport this whole bar. Yeah. So uh, this does this does seek back into uh, an aeronautical part, uh, and that is the following morning we decide to, to ring ring Griffin and ask to talk to Officer. <laughs> we weren't doing too bad, to be honest with you. <laughs> He he wasn't there, strangely. Okay. <laughs> he didn't show up today. I don't know why. He, he didn't show up. So it's like he wasn't a happy bunny of that score. And then it goes quiet for a while. And we did see him occasionally down at Brutus's. And then, you know, he was like highly suspicious about me. He was trying to, I don't know, incapacitate a CBP officer using alcohol. <laughs> and then it, it just switches. The story switches to me in... Um, Nathan Weber's office down at Sandusky Griffin. Mm. Okay. For f- Alien Flight School, <laughs> as it was called back then, I think. Um, <laughs> Alien Flight Program. Okay. Alien. And like, <laughs> oh no. You know, you know who's walking up the corridor like that? And I'm talking to Weber after one of my very early lessons. And like, <laughs> I can see out the corner of the, the door looking at the corridor. <laughs> walking past and literally walks past <laughs> you hear the footsteps stop okay <laughs> and he walks past and look round he's looking through the door at me and I just goes <laughs> you salute him <laughs> he looks at Weber like what <laughs> you're training him <laughs> Oh boy! See, I wasn't there. I wasn't there for all. I didn't even know you then, or yeah. I knew of <laughs> then, but I, I didn't know him that well. Yeah, uh, it was like alien flight pro. I had to go down to Columbus to get fingerprint. Yeah, there was a whole, you know, as a foreigner to to get yeah. authorized for flight training, you yeah. had to jump through quite a, a number of hurdles. And, and I understand, you know, given events, but I. I the last last person he expected to see sat next to Weber. So, <laughs> but it were amusing you because there and onwards, you know, it's like it, it became a, a good friend. And, you know, he, he'd be sat in with Stephanie. And, you know, it, I used to work downtown Sandusky. And he knew my vehicle. So, you know, he'd, he'd be riding around in that CPP Ford Escape. And then he'd just put the lights on, okay, as I was going back to work. <laughs> so and it'd be around about one o'clock, lunchtime would be over, and like then I get pulled pulled over outside my own place of work by CBP with all members of staff watching <laughs> as though like oh they they've come for him. Okay, they've come for him again. Okay, and what what has he done wrong? Uh, yeah, he's gonna get deported. You're gonna again send him back over CBP. the pond. <laughs> and then word would just go around the office that yeah, they've come to deport us. And that happened that happened numerous times. So <laughs> Oh my I god. I just remember when I cuz I got to know obviously you and him very well over the years and yeah. We'd be, we'd go into a bar and whenever he'd come in he not always but sometimes he would just joke cuz people, you know, northern Ohio there's not many people like foreign accents up there. So, you know, you'd always kind of have people drawn around you and then he'd come in uh and you know yep. he's locally known most people knew his customs and he's like 
You're like, hey, man. Yeah, I'm here to I'm here to That's take you away. And he said, like, <laughs> he goes, whenever it happens, <laughs> when, you get, when the... you get like quite a few down it, whenever this... it happens, he goes, I want to be the one. <laughs> Don't let anyone else do it. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna be the one who gets to take you down. Yeah, but he'd like he'd like fake act like he's gonna deport Eamon at the bar when he'd walk in, and everyone, all the bar patrons are like <laughs> thinking it's serious. It's yeah. like hilarious. Oh shit! It was it's the funniest thing back in the day. <laughs> so many funny stories. Oh god, you miss some good times at Cheers, Eckle. By living. Sounds like out, it, man. Out west. Damn it. <laughs> I miss ridiculous. the circumnavigation of Lake Erie. I miss deportations. Like, uh, living in a cave out here. Well, yep. if you guys want to make this thing happen, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm game for going upstairs to at least, we'll, we'll certainly run with it. So, if you need some, some fuel money for yeah, I'll definitely. the airframe, assuming it's serviceable. Good to go. Don't know how Scotty feels about that, but yeah, I've got yeah. Get I, I got was the way you were base flying. I was thinking Portland from so. what I've been said yes. so far. So, yeah. yep, yep, still based out of Portland for my the part time job. If you just want to try it at first for a while, Scott probably won't even charge you, and then when he does charge you, right. it'd be something. Crazy reasonable. I think that'd be, be your best nice option. to go upstairs either. again, to be honest. You know what? One of, one of the aspects that you know I could have touched yeah. upon in that that podcast there was just getting back to, from from um, heck, even just from a, you know like a motion sickness point of view. You know, as a regular pilot, you've dealt with it. You're used to it. You know, you probably yeah. don't even feel it nearly as much. But in a light aircraft, for a guy that's you know been out of it for like right. twelve years, yeah. you're, you're probably like definitely more you're gonna feel a bit yeah one of my the, that one student that i said that had like last flown in 85 he would get some pretty bad motion sickness like even like in a demonstrated steep turn when he would do it himself yeah. he was okay but like if i had to like show him how to, to do it like him him not yeah, in just control like of the aircraft it, of it would mess with him sometimes staring out the window thing yep Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If, if yep. you're driving, yeah. you're fine. If but like yeah, you said, the visuals don't like, match oh, what your yeah. sensations are. Trouble can start. Exactly. So yeah, you guys get you guys get the paperwork worked out, and then I'll get the uh, the audio hookup in Scott's plane worked out. And uh, yeah, at least do like a back in the saddle just to see, at the very least, one flight just to kind of see what it's like. Yep. Mm-hmm. A taking so long off, and then aiming you being in a different airplane. I don't airplane even think you need you, to run through all that to just you know go up yeah, again and perhaps take the controls. Yeah. You know, I don't. That's that's a reasonable question to ask: is what what paperwork right. yeah. is required for for just even taking? That's what I'm thinking. You know, nothing you, to you just were, hop in and go. Yeah, you, you wouldn't yeah, have to I get mean, to a paperwork situation until through, it comes time to solo again. If you were really serious about it, the paperwork will matter at that point. Yeah. yeah 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 you won't need to have any kind of documentation until yep. one you solo and two to take the the practical so yeah you're allowed to just go and fly it as a student um i would have to do a tsa form which is yep. all i would do is take a picture yep. of your passport yep. and put it in reasonable. a file in case i get audited but that's it yeah cool i wouldn't even expect yeah there's nothing i have to do through iacra or anything like that to to get started 
I've I wasn't had, expecting uh, that. That's a good. Yeah, that's a good I've had two international now. students. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it could, could be, be interesting all the way around. Yeah. Get Eamon back upstairs, as he says. Maybe <laughs> get some it. content content for the podcast. Get Ryan some one fifty time and the, some eight eight delta time. Yeah, I have plenty of one fifty time. I don't have a lot of eight eight delta time though. Okay, so. I didn't know you had one fifty time. Yeah, um, one of the uh, Kelly's Island residents. I won't name drop, but uh, oh yeah, okay. I, I yeah. taught him how to fly in there one fifty, and gotcha. then my parents' neighbor. He bought a 150, and I taught him how to fly that. And then, yeah, I just do flight reviews and stuff in them every now and then. And, well, my parents' neighbor, too, he lets me fly his just for fun. So try to stay 150 current in his. His is a uh, a 1959 straight tail 150. It's pretty cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Super old. You got to get the 88 Delta time, though. Yes. No, I need some more 8A Delta time for sure. That's where the that's where the serious Northern Ohio flight legend status lies. <laughs> the 8A Delta time. That's true. Some Basically, long, his- long any, history of Lake Erie Island flight legends in and out of that strip. Any other hour that I have that isn't 8A Delta time is, is pretty much void. <laughs> yep. There's a separate column for 8A Delta time. <laughs> 88 Delta sure, landings and takeoffs. Be sure to put it in your logbook. <laughs> yep. We'll make another column. Your check right, will how... definitely be looking for that on the check ride. I was literally driving on I-95 southbound while Lee was, because I texted him like, oh, I'm in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, so am I. Just touched down. Like, he just, you know. Yeah. He's like, well, we're turning right around and like, I'm busy going down to Miami to do some stuff. So it's like... Yeah. It's like so frustrating, like because you live so far away, and then it's like he's literally like within a mile of me right now. We Isn't still that can't, wild? you know, even yeah. say hello. It's yeah, like doesn't it's just, even work out to it's say the hello. Nature of the beast. There's there's so often time like so many times where I want to get a hold of somebody when I'm in their area, but I'm like, oh, like we're right back out of here, or like you know, people are always asking me like, oh, are you gonna hit up so and so while you're in this place? And I'm like, no, nah. like. <laughs> I don't even want to like let them know that I'm there because I'm not going to be there long enough to like even make it worth either either of our while. Yeah, yeah, we're on the ground for five hours. Like, what do you want to do? Yeah, less. Yeah, but all right, that's all I got, gentlemen. I gotta, I'm falling asleep here. Right on. Yeah, I I got the old man. (laughs) Back to my studying here. (laughs) Yeah, get on that. You gotta get that. I thought you already had already had your ATP. No, no. It's uh, it'll be this week. Hey, so the rings luck, is this Friday, and the check rides next Friday. Thank yeah, you very much, all that, yeah. man. Yeah, appreciate it. So yeah, hope to hope to see you yeah, soon, and we'll, uh, nice we'll go do some flying. Get you back it's up. It's been a long time, and uh, yeah, you just you can treat me just as a normal student for sure. Maybe. That's what. I'm yeah, let me probably know. be feeling like. Yep. <laughs> oh, will do. I'm a pretty laid <laughs> back instructor. I don't, I don't beat people up too much, especially if I know they haven't flown in a long time. <laughs> I bet he could be intense in the airplane, but some Lee of Griffin was be. probably your most intense out of out of those him, three. I Gallagher say and probably Weber, yes, right? but then again, I none of my other instructors I've seen attacked by a woman with a handbag or whatever. So, do you remember that one? Rubises? <laughs> that night when Lee like antagonized a woman and she like just attacked her. <laughs> yeah. So Lee has. Oh he has yeah! The position of like the she... only flight instructor I've had that send females violent. Okay, whereas James Gallagher, 
That's she it. was trying to choke him out that one night. <laughs> yeah. In the I role of a instructor, that. or is this just like out That's in the right. streets? <laughs> no, this is at no, this is at Brutus's. We're at a gigantic round table. Scott and okay. I, I don't even think Scott and I were old enough to legally drink yet. We're all sitting around drinking. <laughs> Didn't and then we yet, get yeah. we get chatting to these girls, and yeah. what I I don't know what Lee said or did. She yeah. lunges across the table and starts to choke him out. And like we, I thought it was a joke at first, and then Ava and I started no, no, to look at each like other. And we're like, like, she's like, really choking him. Like choked. we had, a, yeah, right now, yeah. Like we and, need to step in. Yeah, yeah, and like Lee's like yeah. doesn't really because it's a woman, but like he's yeah, getting he choked out, like, and it's you yeah. know it's a, it's a delicate thing. So Ava and I are just like, I think each we gave her about five and, seconds, like, and then we thought, no, she's not letting go. So my. Yeah, she's she's really trying to kill our friend. (laughs) Wow, that's wild. He said something about a handbag that really pissed her off. I don't know what it was. Like off the cuff or anything, yeah. Yeah, it's like how she told it. I don't know whether he told it was about her handbag, wasn't it? Or you know, had wheels on it. I don't know, but he just kept he kept jabbing it until she just flipped her shit. Uh. Uh, yeah, I can see Which that. Which Lee, Lee's never the one saying offensive stuff. That's it's true, always though. Scott, it's always Scott no. and I. And she she, she didn't Danny say anything Boys. to Scott That's and I. That's one thing I can remember at the time. She and was Lee... a waitress from Danny Boys or a bartender. So it's probably probably not the first customer she's choked. Oh, Just man. Just quickly, she went for him. <laughs> <clears throat> it was. Good times, man. I forgot about that. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> On that note, I don't think we're gonna top that. <laughs> nope. All right, uh, gentlemen. All right, yeah, it's been real. <laughs> thanks for one. thanks for coming on, both of you. Take care. Yeah, thanks for having Life us. Yeah. All right, later. See, see you later. guys. Later. I don't play games. No. No. Get the uh, Indians T-shirt on. At least it's not an oh. Indians pillow. Yeah. Yeah. That was the missus treating you? Good. Same as always. He's allowed to record tonight, so. Yeah, I'm always allowed to. It's just do I want to. More than Lee can say. What time you get cut off? What's that? (laughs) What time you get cut off? Nine o'clock. I cut myself off at 8.30. I go to bed at 8.30. (laughs) (laughs) I got to get up at like 4. All right. Politely, what time do you wake up? Did you say 4 o'clock? Yeah. All right. That's so, that's a healthy eight, amount of sleep, to, bro. Get get me to bed by nine, and then yep. I'll be all right. Yeah. That's the that's the weekday bro. routine. Yeah, because you're ninety seven years old. That's right. <laughs> Got to get that full night's rest, you know? Right. What are you drinking, Scott? Uh, I got a couple of bush lights. All right. Okay. He's having, having beer yeah. on a school I, night. It I was a Monday, I so I wasn't but sure. The only reason is because Eamon's on. So. Okay. <laughs> Eamon, if Eamon wasn't <laughs> on, but I figured I had to have some beer. I've been like a little Eamon, disappointed. In right, right. <laughs> it just wouldn't be right. You won't drink for us, but you will for Eamon. See how it is, man. I'll drink for you guys on the weekends, but you know, on the weekdays. I remember the first time I went flying with Scotty. Yeah, never even met it off the runway. I think. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I don't even know. Did we ever fly? I can't remember. Yeah, we did, but the, the first time we were like on the runway and like there was someone else on high in the field attempting. Oh, uh, was that? They just tipped over yeah, because of that's the wind right. and they were that's like. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They flipped over on the runway and yeah. we ended up turning around and go. I don't yeah. think we ever flew, did we? Or did we fly? No, we didn't that day. No. <laughs> they were upside down strapped in. I yeah. It's like. <laughs> so I think you're having a bad morning. Yeah, yeah. He, he said a gust of wind hit him and flipped him over, but I was on the runway the same time he was. I didn't feel anything. But you've told this story before, Scott. I didn't realize yeah. Eamon was in the plane with you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bad omen, so we decided not to. Fly. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like, well, uh, I don't blame you. Flipped, I don't so. think I'd go after yeah. seeing that. Yeah. Well, he said like yeah. a, bur- a burst a of yeah, he said like a burst of wind hit him or something and flipped him over. And I'm like, well, I don't want to get hit by that same burst of wind. <laughs> you yeah. know, my thought was, if this burst it, of wind is still out here, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. Like, what if it comes Ro- back, roaming around the runway? Right? It might swing back around and come back for more. Like, I didn't want, I didn't want anything to do with that. I'm not hunting down aircraft. Right? <laughs> my God. You never know. Could come back, <laughs> right? Is that like a Sunday morning or something? Yeah, something like that. Probably. I can't remember. It's been too long. That plane still hasn't flown yet, I don't think. No, he's still working on it. He's going to restore it, but... That's... uh... Yeah, what was it? It looked like... Well, it was certainly pretty lightweight because it didn't take much to to blow it over. uh, Yeah, a Colt. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We were just, I think he was behind us, right? We were taxiing out. And then when we turned yep. around, we turned around to take off. He was on the runway upside down. <laughs> it, it was a little breezy that day, I guess, but must have been a pretty good gust because he wasn't, I mean, he was just taxiing. So I don't know. Yeah. Upside down. No, I think it was just him. And I couldn't remember if he brought the wife along for a ride or not. No, so, I'm pretty sure you know, it was a just bit him. more than she bargained for. Yeah, those are very light. Yep. The Colts, they don't weigh very much. As far as I know. Yeah, that's that it's would fabric. <laughs> yeah. That would turn me off to flying for the day. Yeah. Was it was it like gusty out that day or it just It a, was breezy, but I don't wind? It was breezy, but I don't remember it being like not worthy windy. of flipping an airplane over. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> if I was taking off, it couldn't have been that windy because, I mean, <laughs> you don't fly if there's I any wind. I don't fly yeah. if there's wind. But although this was back in the day when I was a little more carefree about the wind, but what time did you go to bed back then? Oh, probably like <laughs> three, four in the morning. Four. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The good old days. Regard yeah. as long as the day ended in Y. Right. Yeah. When whenever I stopped being awake, which was usually around three in the morning. <laughs> wow, how things have changed. <laughs> mm-hmm. 